How many of you have ever wanted to be noticed? There you go, I got one. Maybe you were in middle school and you didn't really want to go to the middle school dance, but somebody talked you into it and you're kind of shy and you're hoping when you get there that somebody will actually talk to you. But you stand against the wall like a wallflower, but nobody says anything to you at all. Or maybe you got invited to one of the popular people's parties. And you thought, well, I didn't know I was popular. So you decide, well, I'll go. And you go. Nobody talks to you there either. Or maybe you go to church on a Sunday morning. And they have a greeting time. And everybody is saying hello to everybody else. But nobody says hello to you. Or maybe you're a basketball player. You think you're a pretty good basketball player. Not the best, but pretty good. And you go to a pickup basketball game at the gym. And uh, there's about 11 guys there. And you figure, I'll probably be first, second, maybe third or fourth person chosen. You're not the first you're not the second, you're not the third, you're not the seventh. By the time you get down to about the eighth person, you feel like Dory in Finding Nemo. Pick me, pick me, pick me, you're thinking inside. But you don't get picked, if you don't get picked, if you don't get picked, they pick 10 people, you're number 11, you're sitting on the sidelines. If you ever wanted to be noticed... I remember when I was in about the first or second grade, there was a very popular teacher at our school by the name of Mr. Hay. All the kids loved Mr. Hay. And uh, one day I was hoping that Mr. Hay would pay attention to me. He taught a grade a couple years older than what I was in, and uh, there were several kids around him, and I was like, hi, Mr. Hay, hi, Mr. Hay, hi, Mr. Hay, and he he didn't even notice me until finally I said, hey, stupid, I got noticed real quickly, <laughs> and it wasn't good. I remember when I was a baby, Evie. Actually, I don't remember it because I was a baby, but I was a baby, and my mother told me that uh, it was one of the first Sundays that they had brought me to church, and the people in church were all making over me because I was this brand new baby. And, and my older brother, who was two and a half years older than me, Steve, he got a little jealous of all the attention that I was getting. And, and so he raised his pant leg up and says, hey, I got new socks. Uh, Monique started working about two weeks ago again full time and I'm in charge of washing the dark clothes and the dark socks and so that's why I got these babies on today. <laughs> Actually, she asked me did I do that on purpose. I, I kind of did. I brought some more socks with me because we maybe go somewhere later so I got these I can put on later, okay. <laughs> Here's another question. How many of you like a good romantic movie? I got a few of you willing to raise your hands. Even a couple of guys. All right, some brave ones out there. Well, the book of Ruth kind of reads like a romantic movie. 
We're going to pick up here in Ruth chapter 2 as we continue this little mini-series on Redeemer in the book of Ruth with chapter 2, verse 1. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. The King James tells us that Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. In the Hebrew, the idea probably means wealth, ability, and honor. Boaz was the kind of man every parent would love for their daughter to marry. How many of you have daughters? Lots of you. When you have young daughters, many of us think about, perhaps even pray about, that guy that one day they will marry. You want a guy who is kind. You want a guy who works hard. You want a guy who loves the Lord. You want a guy who's going to be good to you. And the list goes on and on and on. You want all those characteristics and more. You don't want a guy who is lazy. You don't want a guy who refuses to work. You don't want a guy who is rude. You don't want a guy who's always mooching off of you for money. You don't want those things. You don't want a bozo. You want a boaz. Well, let me quickly say all of us act like bozos sometimes, especially the guys. We all blow it, we all fail, we all do dumb things, and God loves you right where you are. But if you're looking for someone for your daughter, you are looking for a person like this guy by the name of Boaz in our story today. He is the guy. And if you're watching a Hallmark movie, about 15 minutes into the movie, you spot this guy. This incredible guy. And you're thinking, how can I get this guy together with this girl? And the story of Ruth kind of works out like that in, in my mind. Go to verse 2. And Ruth the Moabite has said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. I love her approach. First of all, Ruth takes some initiative. Now, let me emphasize, she's not looking for a guy. She's looking for food. Remember, she doesn't have a husband. And because she is a widow in those days, she's very poor. She can't really take care of herself very well financially. So she's got to do something. So she's going to go out into a field and try to find some food for herself and for her mother-in-law. Now, the Old Testament law required landowners to leave some grain along the edges of the fields for the poor people and foreigners to pick up grain to eat. Ruth says, I'm going to see if I can do that. She's not demanding it, even though it's the law. She's requesting it for anyone with whom she might find favor. Ruth takes initiative, but she's also humble and respectful about it. She doesn't demand her own way. How many of you know people who demand their own way? You don't want to wait on those people in the restaurant if you're a waitress, do you? They demand their own way. They got to have what they got to have. It's got to be right. It's got to be in their timing. You don't want to wait on those kind of people who demand their own way. You don't want to serve with them on a committee because it's got to be their way or the highway. You don't want to go with them on vacation because if they don't get what they want on vacation, they're upset about it. Well, Ruth is not like that. Ruth is kind. She is thoughtful toward those around her. 
Ruth tells her mother-in-law, Naomi, she'd like to go out to the fields and get some grain. And Naomi, to her credit, is supportive without being meddlesome. That's a good balance, especially for mother-in-laws. Verse 3, so she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who is the, from the clan of Elimelech. Ruth is not going to a field with the intention of capturing a husband. She's just looking for some food. What happens romantically was nothing she had connived or planned. From a human viewpoint, it's just coincidence. However, in the eyes of a sovereign God, there is no coincidence at all. This is God's hand at work. The same may be said for you in your life if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. A lot of things just seem to happen to us, and circumstances just kind of work out in a, one way or another. But many of the things that happen to us in this life, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you're following his purpose and his plan, they're not coincidence at all. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Jesus doesn't say seek after all the things. Jesus said you seek after me and I will give you what you need. In Jeremiah 29, 11 and following, God told his people, I know the plans that I have for you. They're for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. God told his people, I've got good plans for you. I believe God still has good plans for his people as they trust in him and they follow him. It does not mean that life always works out the way that we want it to work out, but it does mean that God is working, as Romans eight twenty eight says, all things together for our good. God is at work in our world. God is at work in our lives as we trust in him and as we follow Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 41.10, God says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with, say it with me, all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Jesus Christ doesn't simply save you and say, okay, you're on your own. I'll see you in 50 years when you get to heaven. No, Jesus Christ says, I will be with you in every circumstance of life that you might face. Go to verse 4. Just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. This Boaz guy is amazing. If you're a young lady, he is quite a catch. He's kind. He's well-respected. He's godly. Not to mention he's financially well-off. If you're a parent of a young lady, this is the guy you want your daughter to get with. If you're watching the Hallmark movie, you're thinking, all right, now, somehow, this girl's got to get together with this guy. But here's the cool part of the movie. I mean, our story. Boaz notices Ruth. This is the part in those Hallmark movies when my wife says, quit talking, Kevin. I missed that part. 
Here's the part where if you have a DVR, you're rewinding if your husband was talking because you don't want to miss it. Verse 5, Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, who does she belong to? Now, I don't know for sure just how he said it or what he meant by it, but one thing for sure, Boaz noticed her. Who is this woman? Boaz asked in verse 6. The foreman replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and was working steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Hey, Boaz, in case you don't notice, Ruth is a pretty good catch herself. She's hardworking. She's kind. She's mannerly. She's gentle. Probably good looking. Verse 8. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. If you're watching the Hallmark movie, you're thinking, oh yeah, Boaz is the guy. That is if you're a lady. If you're a guy, you might be thinking, gag me with a fork, right? What's Boaz got on me? But anyway, the story started to get good. In verse 9, Boaz continues talking with Ruth as he tells her to watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I've told the men not to touch you. And whenever you're thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. How many of you know Ruth is having a good day? Tell the other men to stay away from her. I'm going to watch out for her and make sure she's taken care of. Verse 10. At this, Ruth bowed down with her face to the ground. Now, Ruth's not worshiping Boaz here. That would be inappropriate. But she is grateful. How many of you have ever seen people who were not grateful? You give them a gift, and they want a different gift, or a better gift. Or you, you try to be kind to them, and it, they don't appreciate it. You try to do stuff for them. They always want more stuff. You know anybody who's just not grateful? Remember my dad used to have a saying when I was a kid. He said, if a person is not thankful for what he has, he's not likely to be thankful for what he's going to get. And that's true. So often we're not grateful for what we have, but, but Ruth is. She's very grateful for what God has blessed her with and what Boaz is doing here. In verse 10, Ruth bows her face to the ground, and in her grateful surprise, she asks Boaz, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Remember, Ruth is from Moab. She's not a Jew. Jews didn't generally have much to do with foreigners. Boaz replied, I've been told all about you, what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. Here's the deal. Boaz notices. I saw how you took care of your mother-in-law. I saw how you were willing to leave your country to come here and live with her and help take care of her in this land. And I'm impressed by that. Verse 12. May the Lord repay you for what you've done, Ruth. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. 
Ruth had been this amazingly loyal woman of faithfulness and character. Ruth has no idea that Boaz cared about that or even noticed, but he did. Here's the good news. You have a God who notices. You may not realize it. You may not think about it. But your God notices as you serve him and as you serve others. Many times behind the scenes. Jesus once said, if you offer even a cup of water to one of these little ones, you will not lose your reward. You'll receive a reward for that. Jesus once said at the judgment, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was sick and you visited me. I was a stranger and you took me in. And those that Jesus was saying that to said to Jesus, Lord, when did we see you sick or hungry? When did we see you in prison? When did we see you? And Jesus said this, if you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Your God notices. In verse 13, Ruth continues, may I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You've given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. Like Ruth, we have no standing with God. We have no ability to be right with him in our own selves. But Jesus Christ loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. He really does. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love for you. And that while you were yet a sinner, Jesus Christ came to this earth and he died on the cross for your sin. He didn't wait for you to even think about attempting to get your act together. He saw you there in your sin. And he said, I will die for you. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that incredible? Romans 3.10 says there is none righteous, not even one. Say the word none with me. None. I'm not righteous. You're not righteous. None of us can be right with God in our own power or strength. Romans 3.23 says for all, say the word all with me, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've sinned, you've sinned, your grandmother's sinned. Every single person who ever walked the face of this earth other than Jesus Christ has sinned. We've all blown it. We've all failed. And Romans 6, 23 says the wages, the payment for sin is death. Separation from God one day in a place called hell. That's the bad news. But the good news is found in the last part of Romans 6, 23. It says, but the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that good news? God loves you, and he's pouring out himself for you, and he demonstrated his love for you on the cross. We had no standing, no right to be right with God, yet he declares us righteous. Because of Jesus Christ. Go to verse 14. At mealtime, Boaz said to Ruth, Come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. 
She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up. And don't rebuke her. Boaz is taking care of Ruth in ways she doesn't even know. I wonder how many times Jesus Christ is taking care of you in ways you didn't even realize at the time. Maybe you were running late for work. The kids were slow getting ready. Or your husband was supposed to fill up the van with gas the night before and he didn't do it. Because of somebody else, you're going to be 10 minutes late for work and you're upset about it. But what you might not realize is perhaps if you had been 10 minutes earlier, you would have been in a car wreck that you knew nothing about. 20 years ago, Monique's nephew, Brandon, was a student at Heath High School. As many of you know, there was a school shooting there that time. And Brandon, Monique's nephew, normally went to the prayer group where the shooting took place. But for some reason, he was late that day. And if Brandon were like me and were like you, he probably was a little frustrated about it until he realized what had happened. You never know what you might be spared of, and we ought to be thankful to God and watch for him at work. Verse 17. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah, which is about three-fifths of a bushel. By now, I think Boaz is really noticing. We don't know when the romantic spark actually began, but it looks like it's growing to me. Verse 18. She carried the barley back to town, and her mother-in-law, Naomi, saw how much Ruth had gathered. Ruth has also bought, brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. I've got more good news. God hasn't stopped showing kindness to his people today either, has he? That doesn't mean that life will be easy. It doesn't mean that there won't be tragedy. And our hearts go out to the people in Florida and senseless acts that happen like that. It doesn't mean that life will be easy, but our God is good. And so often we take way too much for granted. I was reminded of that last Thursday night. Monique were, and I and Michaela were over at a friend's house. Uh, somehow Monique had got roped into being in charge of the winter formal at Central Harden High School along with a friend of hers. And that meant her husband Kenny and I had to help out. We're not doing it next year. All right? I think she agrees. That's a lot of work, and I don't know how to do anything. I can't even saw a board, but I had to be there. Well, it was about 11 o'clock at night. We were wrapping, they were wrapping up. I was just talking. Uh, we were wrapping up, and Michaela loves hammocks. And uh, 
so she saw a hammock out in the back by the garage, and she sits on it, lays down, and said, hey, Dad, could you join me on the hammock? Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to find out, is this hammock going to hold me? So I go in and ask Kenny, who knows all that kind of stuff, and it's his hammock. He says, oh, yeah, it'll hold you plenty good, no problem. You both get on there. Well, I jump up to get on the hammock and sit down, and the hammock collapses. Not only did it collapse, but I fell, and my back hit the corner of this stone wall. It's about like this right here. And for about 30 seconds, maybe a minute, I didn't know if I was going to be able to ever get up and walk again. Well, thankfully, I'm better now. I ain't good. I'm going to go to urgent care probably after service today. But I'm serious. Go lunch first, then we'll go to urgent care. Okay. (laughs) Got to have our priorities straight. That's why I brought the socks, okay? I'm serious. But I thought for a moment, how much do we take for granted? How many of you were able to walk from the parking lot into the building today? I mean, even Troy with a walker, I bet you don't take that for granted when this all over, like, yeah, I can walk. How many of you were able to hear? How many of you were able to see? You know, Tony doesn't see, but I tell you, he hears a lot. I watched a hockey game with him one time. He knew when they scored a goal before I did. Seriously. But we take way too much for granted. And our God is good. No matter what happens in our life, he is a good God. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Let the, not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Or the strong man boast in his strength. Or the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the God who exercises kindness and righteousness and gentleness on the earth. Romans 2.4 tells that God's kindness leads us to repentance. Romans 11.22 tells us to consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to us. Aren't you glad we serve a kind and loving God? Think about it. What if he were not? We would all be headed to hell if not there already. That does not take away from his holiness. Our God is a holy God. Perhaps God's greatest attribute is his holiness, He still corrects us. He still disciplines us. But he never stops loving us. No matter what you have done or what you're doing, God loves you. Naomi continues in her little speech to Ruth and tells her in the latter part of verse 20, that man Boaz is our close relative He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. What in the world is a kinsman redeemer? It's not like we use that term a lot in our world today. Who's that guy? Oh, he's my kinsman redeemer. Oh, okay, I got it. Not. What in the world is a kinsman redeemer? A kinsman redeemer was one who, according to law, had a right to redeem. He was a male relative who, according to Old Testament law, had the privilege or responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who was in trouble, in danger, or in need to rescue or redeem a piece of property or a person. In this case, he could actually take Ruth for his wife if he so chose. 
I don't say this very often, but if you want to know more about it, you need to come back next week. But before you go, know this. We too have a kinsman redeemer. Ruth was physically and materially in need. We were spiritually in need. Without hope, without God in this world, and Jesus Christ came, and he died on the cross for your sin. He rose from the grave. He ascended into heaven, and one day, he's coming back again. Do you believe that? And the Bible tells us that one day, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His name is above all names. And if you've never placed your faith in the name of Jesus Christ, I urge you, I plead with you to put your faith in Christ today. And if by God's grace you're willing to turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ, he will save you. From sin and hell and separation. And he'll give you help for living moment by moment and day by day. If you've never done that, I plead with you. Give your life to Christ today. Would you pray with me?